You are listening to LP Uncovered, a music podcast hosted by myself, Lauren Plant. On this episode, I'm joined by the wonderful Belfast-born singer, songwriter and producer, Gareth Dunlop. Gareth has been recognised as an accomplished talent ever since the BBC tipped him as one to watch back in 2010 and since has released numerous EPs, several singles, with many going on to be used across television and film. In 2017, he released his debut album, Number 79, and in April this year, he released his second album, Animal, recorded at his home studio and consisting of 10 amazing and captivating songs. So let's uncover Gareth Dunlop's brilliant album, Animal. Well, I'm super excited to have on LP Uncovered this week, Gareth Dunlop. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for the invite. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, I'm so excited to uncover your new album, Animal, your second album. So my writing thinking, it was due to be out a little bit earlier, but obviously a lot has happened. And then you put your EP out, brilliant EP, Born Uncool. How's it been finally now being able to, to get the album out there? Uh, yeah, a lot of mixed emotions. Um, definitely a lot of relief in there. Um, I sort of thought to myself that I had this record in the bag and finished like three years ago. And then mm-hmm. obviously obviously COVID um, happened and uh, all the tours and all the bits and pieces that I had planned just went away. So I ended up just kind of shelving the record like a lot of artists did mm. and just got on with some other stuff. And then, yeah, as the world started to brighten up a bit, I revisited it and uh, some of the songs that I thought were, you know, sure things kind of fell by the wayside and I'd written some more songs in the in the interim. They found a home on the record. So I think probably having the time yeah. away from it was probably a good thing. Is that something that you normally wouldn't have had without COVID that time away from an album? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm definitely guilty of, you know, if I feel like it's done, okay, let's get it out and move on to the next thing, you know? Yeah. So yeah, in, in hindsight, it was uh, it was probably a very good thing having that having that time away from it. And so you recorded the album in your home studio in Belfast. Is that where you are now? It is indeed. Yes, the, the front room of the house. It, nice. Uh, comes with its comes with its own chaos. Got the the door knocking every every yeah. thirty minutes. And kids <laughs> running around. So, is that where you also did your debut album, Number Seventy Nine? Yes, it is. We did, we did that here as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. How important is it for you to to record your music in that space? Because I'm right to thinking some of your EPs you've done away, but yeah, why in particular have you found with your albums that you've chosen to do it in, in your studio? I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I've had, a, I've had a studio in this house in one shape or another since we moved in. So I've kind of grown with it. Um, I've got very used to the, the sound of, of this room in particular. It's not the biggest the biggest live room in the world, but it has something that I'm very, very used to and something that I can't really get in a lot of other places. It has like a, a short wooden kind of ambience that's hard to remove from <laughs> any, from any mic source. You kind of just have to lean into it. And yeah, it worked for the, for the first record. And, um, you know, every time, I, most of the time when I write a new song, it gets, it gets demoed in here, whether or not I take it to another studio or not. But I think, uh, in demoing the new songs here I kind of I get very used to how they sound in this room well like I said obviously huge congrats on the album it's amazing and we're going through it track by track I always talk about the artwork before we go into the the songs uh yeah what can you tell me about the artwork I love it really really cool 
so I um th- that's an area that like I'm pretty hopeless at honestly <laughs> like I-, I could draw you a very unrecognizable stick man like I really have no no talent um, yeah. for that side of things um, my wife on the other hand is um, is very talented she's a great painter um, great mm. illustrator and she did the cover art for the record and the I cover love- art for the last record it was a picture that she'd taken in fact, you know what she pulled? I think she pulled it from a video. Oh wow! She maybe that she maybe shot of me, and um, and she was able to zoom up in on on my eye, and got to work and and painted it out. And I was like, that's that looks really cool. I really like it. That's um, so cool. Do you, so do you like other albums well. artwork yourself? Is it something that you look at with other artists, or do you tend not to to pay too much attention yeah. to the cover art? No, I de- well maybe not so much um, these days. You know, it's. With, with Spotify and stuff, it's you're you're pretty much just kind of flicking through, yeah. Um, so you don't get a lot of time. But I listen to a lot of vinyl, and I kind of grew up listening to a lot of vinyl. So the, that sort of tactile thing of pouring over like a, a full record. And, I can see um, some in the background. Sorry, as you're speaking. Yes, actually, who have you got mm-hmm. there? Oh, there's they're everywhere. This isn't even five percent of them. There's so much in the attic. We got. Uh, Hall and Oates, we got Van Morrison, Johnny Cash, we got some U2, um, some early, early Rod Stewart, uh, Dr. Feelgood, Herbie Hancock, Simple Minds. Wow. Uh, well, well, there's a link with some of those. Obviously, Van Morrison, you supported, and John Oates, uh, you've worked with him, right? Yes, I have. Yeah, that was my, that was my first uh, co-write that I've, I'd ever tried to do. We did a show together here in Belfast, and... Um, he had asked me, um, had I ever co-written before? And I was like, no, but it's something I'd like to try to get into. And I think a few weeks later, I was headed out to Nashville where he, he stays a lot. And he said, well, hit me up. Let me, let me pop the cherry. And it was a real kind of uh, pinch me moment. Yeah. Sitting down with John Oates. Well, talking of songwriting, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of, of your songwriting. And, and to go through Animal track by track, obviously you start off with the title track and writing, mm. thinking that's the first song you wrote and the kind of, kick-started the whole album I read that you you said that someone once told you to write like no one will hear it and that was one thing you questioned about releasing animal or writing animal mm. how is it now reflecting on having released it yeah how do you feel I feel great it's a unique little kind of trick that you know if you kind of think about it that you know all right no holes barred nobody's going to hear this okay just plug into that side of your yeah. brain for a second and it kind of engages a different um like a stronger honesty, more I'd be more honest than I, than I normally would. So when that, yeah, when Animal sort of fell out onto the page, um, I did, I remember kind of looking at it, going, "What? What is this? This is I haven't done, I haven't written anything like this before." And I kind of thought, "Well, I wonder if there are any more songs like that kind of hanging around." Yeah. Um, and initially, I think it, I, I thought it would be cool to get a project. I thought it might be a series of singles like that, or maybe even an EP. But the deeper I went, um, uh, an album started to kind of come together. But yeah, it was a, it's a different way of, of, of approaching songwriting for me anyway. I, I, I sort of come from um, a lot of writing to grief and writing for very specific uh, purposes, yeah. writing for a, a TV show or, or a movie or something like that. So you're, you're very aware of the parameters, somebody else's parameters. You're, mm. you're trying to fit something in a hole and to just ignore all that. And just go. All right, no, forget about it. Let's try this for a while. It was eye-opening for for myself. Did you know that it would 
form or did you know that you wanted to be the title track once you realized other songs were coming did you always think i'm gonna keep that the name of the album um no i thought well it was probably in me in me somewhere you know but i i think when i'd written it and i started when the rest of the project started coming together i was still open to the idea of maybe there's there's a title that encapsulates um all of these tracks but the more I kind of rolled it around and we started messing with the artwork, Amy started messing with the artwork. I was like, animal, I think that has to be it. That yeah. makes the most sense. I love that the song starts off with the shush. Was that something you consciously thought about or not so much? No, it, for me, it was something that fed into the next line. Yeah. Um, in fact, until I got most of the record together, I didn't realize animal was maybe going to be the first track. But no, it was the first thing I wrote on, on the page. Um, shh, I, I like it quiet in my soul. It's like you're trying to, to hush the world down a little bit. And but, you um, dropped a really cool video for it. I'll be talking more about videos because, yeah, okay. just so much great stuff. But um, yeah, well, how did that come about? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's, another, um, that's another side to me that I'm, that I'm not very skilled at, much like the uh, drawing and illustrating. <laughs> um, but I try to I try to throw myself into these things. I, I kind of any time a camera is produced, I, I tend to turn into a bit of a waxwork. You know, <laughs> it's just it's just a weird thing. Yeah. But the videographer who's been working on all of the videos, a great guy, um, Jimmy Niche at Broken Film. You know, we were kind of racking our heads to to kind of come up with with what the video could could be for Animal because it's it's such a kind of an unusual sort of confessional lyric. Yeah, um, and we kind of battered around a few ideas, and he came back about a week later. We were sitting at the table, and he says, Do "You know what? I had the weirdest dream last night. Just hear hear me out for a second. <laughs> so he started he started talking down the idea of having the two worlds and having it. I think it's it's Eddie that like a forest or somewhere quite dense, and we start moving in things into the forest that have no right to be there. Mm-hmm. And once we kind of get towards the end of the song, there's that kind of new space where you've figured yourself out a little bit um and then we can find a way to go crazy and start breaking some stuff and i was like that's (laughs) that's killer i love that (laughs) all right it was it was a real challenge though we yeah we shot it in january oh god Um, it's been cold it was it was unbearable yeah um and the first first scene the first shot was me lying down on the on the Uh. forest floor (laughs) <laughs> so that was it. I mean, that was it for the rest of the day. Just soaked yeah. through. Oh my the god! Van. And then, yeah, we we I rented a van and we we packed the van full of a load of stuff that we had lying around the house here, like the, the old bed and the, the fireplace and the old sofa mm-hmm. lamps and clocks and just weird stuff. Um, and drove up to this pretty uh, remote uh, forest, right on top of a mountain, and started unloading everything off and setting up each. Did, did anyone see uh, it? Or was it? Just yeah, so. there, there was there was uh, there was one person in particular was out walking their dog, and there oh. was just this. He saw us carrying a, a double bed in through the forest. Yeah, it's been God. He loves and, this forest. Uh huh. He really likes it here. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know what he thought we were doing. I'd love to know what he thought we were doing. <laughs> wow. Hopefully, he's seen the video and then he'll be like, "That makes so much more sense now." Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. A lot of fun. So I can hear the earth turn below me I am an enigma to myself And simple to others 
Well, moving on to track number two, uh, Pulling Heaven Down. And as with all your songs, I, I love the combination of your vocals, the guitar and the beat on this one. Obviously, Animal was the first song that you wrote. Do you remember how this song formed? Yeah, I, I do. Um, in fact, honestly, this might have been the second song. All right. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that, that that might have been the second thing. With Animal, I I definitely leaned into like the synth world which was something i got very obsessed with um a few years back and the next question for me was right well i mean i I am a singer songwriter i play guitar that's what Mm -hmm. my other releases have been and you know i play piano and it's like that's the center and i want to figure out a way to to try to preserve that but still lean into this new sound a little bit so i went i went to the to the guitar and i was just trying to figure out ways to to almost just to bend the sound of it a little bit, yeah. experimenting with different tunings, and I landed on like an open, an open G, I think it was, and I found a, a little sponge that I was able to put under the strings, which really uh, muted it oh, cool. quite a bit. Trying to emulate like a an arpeggiating synthesizer, but doing it on an acoustic guitar. <laughs> so I think with that, the first thing that started happening was the uh, was the riff. I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. And I played that in, and uh, it was another one that I think the the music kind of very much it definitely guided the melody for sure, right? Um, and then the lyric was, uh, I mean, there's no getting around what the song is about. You know, mm. it's uh, it's about sex, yeah. um, <laughs> which a lot of a lot of writers and I've approached on uh, several songs in the past. But yeah, I wanted to I wanted to find like the most interesting way i could i could think of to kind of get there without yeah. saying it you know, yeah. without being you know, kind of too hot and heavy so that's that's pretty much how that came about i really like the backing vocals as well with the singing they're pulling heaven down who was that or how did that come about um so when i'd written that song and i was starting to put bits and pieces of it together i was recording uh, another session for another local artist i think it was it would have been michael Kerr. And on that session, on that EP, I had uh, I brought in um, my sister Heather uh, Laposa. She's great, great singer, oh, wow. and another another singer that she works with, uh, Carrie Carrie Quinn. And so they were here on that session. And once we kind of wrapped up, we finished at about about five or six o'clock here in the house. And I sort of asked them to hang around for an extra <laughs> ten minutes when people had left. And I was like, right. Here's what it is. Keep the headphones on. Can I just get you to do this a few times? And then there's another there's another singer on that, a friend of my a friend of my wife's, Lindsay Jameson. She was around having having drinks one night with Amy. And Amazing. she's a great singer. She's she's always singing at the you know at the parties, at the get togethers. And I was like, Hey, can I grab you for, for five minutes? Got the headphones on, I was like, here's what it is, give it a go. <laughs> so yeah, I ambushed a few people. <laughs> wow, I want to be at your parties. They sound amazing between <laughs> your friends and family. I bet you guys have a very good parties up in Belfast. <laughs> mm, yep, there are a few. In the dark, holding on to a moment tighter than the hands of time will ever know. Pulling heaven down, pulling heaven down. To
Moving on to number three, look back, smiling. So I'm writing thinking you wrote it as a message to your son when you notice, you know, just him potentially retreating in himself during the pandemic. And at what point did you realize that you wanted to write a song about that? Yeah, that's that's right. Um, initially, like, I wanted to just say it to him. Mm. I wanted to just be like, you know, grab life by the horns and be silly, be fun, be a kid, put all this other stuff out of your head and, you know, things are going to be okay. And obviously we did have those, those conversations with him. But the song just the song came out. It was on my it was on my mind. It was it was plaguing my mind at the time. Mm. And I just wanted to I wanted to write about it. It was the last song that got added to the record. I thought everything was finished. I thought it was done. Yeah. And it was like, all right, okay, we gotta go we gotta go back to mastering. We gotta change change stuff up again. But yeah, it was um it was a hard song to write mm. in a lot of ways too. But I think you know, I I really I don't think that he was alone, you know, coming out of COVID no. and going back into busy environments, going back into school, especially his first year of school, and just having that kind of shell shock moment of, hey, mm. I'm, I'm not used, I'm not used to this at all. This is yeah. this is a bit strange. I like that concept you do with the song of putting like obviously a positive or trying to have that positive outlook on things, and uh, it's such a such a lovely song. And um, as I talked about the videos, obviously got to mention the fact you're wonderful, adorable children, uh, Wilson and Joni are in the video how was their first was this their first video i'm assuming it was but yeah no uh, absolutely i mean they've they've grown up and they've, they've been surrounded by you know by me having you know musicians and music and a lot of stuff like guitars you name it they've, they've yeah. grown up with that all their lives so they're very aware of it um but this was their first kind of involvement in it so good um, and they, they did it? so they loved it they had an absolute ball and you know, we kind of said, let's let's try this. Like, who knows how this is how this is going to turn out? And you know, if they don't like it, if they're not comfortable with this, mm-hmm. if we think it's a bit, you know, we're just not going to use it, and we'll just put it down to being a really fun day. Mm-hmm. Um, but they threw themselves into it. Absolutely loved it, and they really got a they got a big kick out of seeing themselves on on the screen and and hearing the song and and all that stuff. So they they did so good. I love the video and I compared it a little bit as well to Born Uncool because that's obviously montages of, of you. Um, that's right. It must be quite nice like generations now to see throughout your videos and things like that. Is your wife going to be featuring anything soon or is she? I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think so. No, that wouldn't. Uh, I don't think that would be her, uh, her cup of tea. That's not her, her tempo. <laughs> I've, asked, I've asked on several occasions and it's been a straight up no. Now it's, just, now it's just a look. Well, that's it now. Your kids, they'll be signed up. They've got it. They were there. There we go. So there you go. When the light stops shining, there's no rewinding. Life's as fast as lightning. So when you look back, look back, smiling. Look back, smiling. When you look back, look back, smiling. Look back, smiling. We're talking of family and friends, the fourth song on the album, the brilliant Old Friends, which I kind of interpreted as a celebratory song, praising mm. family, old friends, musicians as well. I was trying to I was trying to unpick all the different people within the song. How is it lyrically bringing it all together? For me, the old, old friends is is really about like the friends on the on, on my record player. It's yeah. there's this line in um, you ever seen the movie uh, Almost Famous? Yes, I was talking about it on my yeah. friend the other day actually. Yeah, with Kate Hudson. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, that's so there's, weird, a great, yeah. there's a great line in that movie. I'm going to butcher it, 
completely, but it's it's something like if, if you're ever feeling down or if you're ever feeling alone, um, go to the record store and visit your friends. It's something that. like that. And that that's really that really stuck with me um for the longest time. And it hits me every now and again when I think about music and how lucky I am to have a a career in it and be able to keep the lights on and yeah. and put food on the table. And also, you know, the amount of times that you know music has played a massive backdrop in my life. Um you know, when I look back, I look back on certain things. There's there's music attached to it in some strange way, and a lot of times music's been it's been a savior. Yeah. On a lot of occasions, and that's for me. That's what that song's about. It's just trying to trying to honor a lot of great artists. Who are some of the? So I got Billy Holiday and Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. I want to say that. Yeah, yeah. Billy Holiday, uh, Aretha Franklin. Got uh, Benny King in there. Yeah. Uh, Little Feet, Van Morrison. Yeah. Um, there's a few. Such a good song. I love the concept as well. Um, as someone that I have a record player and very much just have like a wall dedicated to all my vinyl. So um, I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially over the last couple of months, uh, years, I should say. Um, yeah. The music has really brought people together. Talking of emotional music, obviously, um, the fifth song on the album is a beautiful, beautiful song, Sorrow, which I'm writing thing is probably, like you said, one of the, the hardest songs you've ever had to write. Do you mind talking about the circumstances around which Sorrow came about? Yeah, no, not at all. I was asked uh, specifically to write a, a song for a documentary that I was kind of involved in uh, in a strange way. I got a call and was asked if I could play some songs at a uh, scattering of ashes uh, ceremony on the west coast of Ireland a few years back. Um, I said, yeah, of course I can do it. And you know, the more I started to find out about what this was and how it had come to be, it was a group of friends and who were also filmmakers from uh, Los Angeles. They were wanted to come over to the Cliffs of Moor and scatter their friend's ashes, who was also a filmmaker and, and film and TV supervisor and she had uh, been on a journey with cancer and she'd been documenting that journey and her hope was to to make a film about the about the journey and sadly she didn't make it so her friends decided to pick up the cameras and finish where she left off and she shot a lot of footage at the clip some more um, before she went she went back home and passed away so they came back brought the cameras brought a, a full crew and I was there for, I want to say, like about three days, three or four mm-hmm. days. In my head, I was, I was like, right, I, I'm, I'm totally flying the wall here. I didn't know Alison. I, I didn't know her friends, and I, I was just, I'm flying the wall. I'm an observer. I'm going to just try to fit in this environment and play the songs and and just, uh, you know, try to do the job. And the more time I spent with her, her family and friends, the more I learned about her. And the more connected I felt to her story, and the more it really just the whole the whole thing was a very surreal experience, and it really it really connected with me in a in a very strange way. After that, they they packed up and went back home to to LA, and they got back in touch and and, and said um, you know how much they really appreciated the music and appreciated me being there, and 
and they had asked, would I be up for writing something for the documentary itself? And I was, you know, obviously a huge, a huge honor to be asked, but also a massive amount of pressure. So I sat and I, I tore up page after page after page. I started on the lyric itself because I didn't, and I, I felt like I needed the lyric to say, I wanted it to read down like a poem, almost yeah. not have to rely too heavily on the music. So I started with the lyric and then the music came um, after the fact. It's another subject that, you know, every every writer, you know, worth their salt mm. tackles. And I know I've had I've written songs about about it before too. And the only the only place to pull from is your own experience yeah. of of grief. But thankfully, you know, I did a I did a demo of it. I sent it across, and they loved it. I was like, okay, great, um, awesome, and they uh, they've used it in the mm-hmm. documentary and. It's strange, just like I think last week, um, they're they're now on the like the fe- the movie festival circuit, right? Of course, yeah. And uh, you know, showing it in different festivals and stuff, and it's it's picking up some some great awards. Oh, good! Um, which is lovely to see. It's like that's that, that's great. You know, that's that's uh, the 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 icing on the cake. Such a beautiful song. Did you know that you wanted to put it on your album? Um, at the time, no. Yeah. Um, the more I live with it, and the more I resonated with it mm. um and the more i thought about you know obviously i wanted to write something i mean they didn't have a brief in mind they just said look you were there do you want do you want to do this and as i say the only the only thing that i could think to pull from was yeah just my my own experiences of it so it very much it very much feels like a piece of me and and, and the more the more time i had away from it it felt it felt like an important important song to have out in the world and have on this record so beautiful i love the line when you say i still go under from time to time when the waves get rough in this heart of mine that's just some of the lyrics i've picked out but yeah such such a beautiful song so i'm not surprised they obviously loved it so congrats i still go under from time to time when the waves get rough in this heart of mine guess that's the way Number six, humans. I've read about the human condition and our internal external conflicts and how in the bigger picture, in the grand scheme of things, um, it's not necessarily hugely important. I like the, within your lyrics, you kind of mentioned like reference or have this balance between humans and nature. You kind of reference the birds, the flowers and the stars. Um, how do you find playing around with that boundary between like humans and nature, if that makes sense? For me, that was like, it wasn't that big of a jump because I like ever since I, ever since I've been young, like I'm getting frustrated at something. Like I can remember studying for you know pointless, uh, well, well, what feel like pointless exams now, <laughs> but studying for exams in school and getting you know super stressed out and completely in my own way. And I remember looking over at our family dog and thinking, oh, to have that life. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder what oh, you know. I wonder what the dog thinks of all this. <laughs> so. <laughs> I've always kind of drawn those weird kind of parallels. Yeah. Um, the song was kind of born out of, of of me having one of those frustrating days, losing my mind a little bit over, I, I can't even remember something probably extremely trivial. 
and being out in the garden for a while and just going, you know what, the grand scheme of things, come on, mm-hmm. come on, dude. So in that song, um, what came first, the mu- uh, like the melody or the lyrics? I think for for that song, the two kind of went, kind of kind of went hand in hand. Um, I was sitting at the uh, at the upright piano and fooling around with a few chords and kind of knowing that that's what I what I wanted mm-hmm. to say, um, kind of roughly. I had a few ideas jotted down on on what I call the the first page, mm-hmm. and as I kept kind of fooling around that some of the ideas that are good get moved over to the second page and you're like right okay that's working okay there's a chorus in there somewhere and then eventually everything gets gets moved over to the the third page and things start start feeling like a song i read that you um you never write well write songs in pencil because then you can Mm. rub it i love that was that someone that told you like said you should do that and then suddenly you're like actually that's a really good idea yeah i was i was scolded um for writing in in pencil um out in Nashville, um, it was it was one of those moments, and then it was explained to me. I was like, "Yeah, I, I totally get it." If there's an idea, whether it be good or bad, or for then or for later, that mm-hmm. can be usable. There should be a, a very purposeful um, kind of ritual of putting pen of to paper that, that it, yeah. there's a finite a finite feeling with it. I get it. I talked to some musicians that also do quite a lot of like voice noting. Do you find that you use? technology in that respect or is it still very much pen and paper uh it's it's both you know i um i try to uh, if i'm in a season of, of kind of writing um where I'm, I'm writing most days at the end of a song i, I definitely i try to, to pull the phone out or, or sit here in the studio and just do like a yeah. super a super rough and ready version of it that i can i can go back and reference otherwise it's sometimes you know it can be easy to to forget you know a melody here and there Walk around with the world on our shoulders As the birds look down in disbelief At the crazy humans At the crazy humans So number seven, headlights. I, I love the driving uh, so to speak driving beat behind the song um what was the inspiration behind that one it's kind of about um my lack of being able to to deal with conflict properly if mm-hmm. i'm being honest uh, I either either i'm either too full on or or i'm too far the other way and completely disengage it's funny like growing up in our house like if me and my me and my brother fought or something, you know, the, the rule was, right, shake hands and make up right now. Yeah. And you're kind of, you're shaking hands and, you know, seething at the same time, you know? Yeah. So we were never like, a lo- like we were never allowed to fully like embrace conflict and get our, get our sides across, you know, whether that, you know, be just argument, um, arguing or, so yeah, I don't, um, I'm working on it. but I, I, I was going to say, you're getting better with it. <laughs> it's something I recognize um, for sure, but yeah, it's it's a song about me needing to to step away from uh, from a situation and mm. and get get in the car. And I, I I love driving in the car. It's where I do most of my my thinking. It's 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 basically like a for me like a like a portable vocal booth. You know, it's full of yeah. padding 
and angled glass and it's very very quiet other than the the noise of the road mm-hmm. and i i rarely take the shortcut anywhere um Mm. Because it gives it gives me time to kind of process some stuff. You must see That's... a tractor ahead and be like, "This is brilliant." <laughs> <laughs> this is me. I'm sure I was reading something the other day about how most people's, of a certain generation, most people's first memory of music is pretty much most of the time, a lot of the time, in cars now. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Do you have that? Or I know it might be through family, but was there a specific like album or first album you remember hearing in the car? Do you know, like. Absolutely, same same experience as to a, a lot of people. Like mm. we were always singing as kids in the back of the car everywhere we went. My dad would would have us singing some, some weird, you know, some weird Irish traditional songs or something. <laughs> and it's really this is a weird one, but um, I can remember my dad had this tape. It was an old uh, Billy Connolly tape <laughs> of like his music. Um, like one of his like really really early albums and I can remember that on like all the time like when I think about that car the big Mm -hmm. red um, Volvo (laughs) family wagon it it goes hand in hand with with Billy Connolly's voice (laughs) (laughs) yeah I did not expect Billy Connolly have you got any of his records behind you in the background no (laughs) no I don't no no do you know what though I'm gonna have to because that's the first time I've thought about that that's the first time I've thought about that in it, there you, you go. Know, two two decades. So thank you. I'm going cool. to go and find some some Billy Connolly music. Well, I'm going to have to go back and listen because I haven't, I didn't even realise he released much music. So you're introducing uh-huh. me to Billy Connolly. Who knew? <laughs> there you go. I left you in the dark, walking away, words flying over shoulders in the backyard. This ain't who we are. Seeing love in the headlights And I suddenly feel alright Seeing love in the headlights Well, number eight on the album, My Kind of Paradise. Such a good song. Um, so it started taking shape What was you in LA. Uh, obviously, a long trip away. And, and naturally, it must be very hard to be away from the family. Do you often take inspiration or find you write songs when you're traveling away from home? Yeah. A lot of the time, you know, you, you've been away from your home comforts and friends and, and family and, and just stuff that you're you're used to. You start pining over and you start thinking about things differently. You know, there's a mm. lot of, there's a, there's a big pair of rose tinted glasses go on um, and you just see your, your, your home surroundings in a completely new light. Everything just starts smiling at you again mm. while you're away from it. And yes, that, that was a really, really long trip particularly long trip away i was out in the states it was maybe maybe a couple of months um doing a lot of co-writing doing a lot of business and doing some shows and and things like that and the last the last stop of that trip was um was la and we had a, i had a couple of like down days sat on um, huntington beach and sitting by the palm trees and you know in, in, a, in a place that is paradise to so many people yeah and all, all I could think of was, I, I, I need to get the hell out of here. I, I need to get home. This isn't, this isn't feeling like paradise at all. You know, that, that was, it was more of a question that was like, well, look, if this, if this isn't your, cause it, it's, it was a weird, it was, there, there was a guilt feeling attached to it. You know, you're like, what, yeah. what is wrong? What is wrong with me? Why can I not just live in this moment? And it started that question of, well, if this isn't paradise, you know, for me, then what is? 
Mm. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe there's a song in there. Maybe there's a hundred songs in there. Yeah. Um, and that one started with started with a guitar. Um, I wanted to try to do something with a, a reggaeton groove. When I hear that groove, I always think of summer. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It just has that that kind of bounce. So I wanted to imply that a little bit. And I, again, I went back to the sponge underneath the strings. You know, if you get it sitting just kind of right, it almost starts to sound like a like a steel drum. Oh, wow. very, very, it's very strange. So I tried that again. It seemed to work. Um, and then the hardest part for me on, on that track was building the rest of the arrangement around it. Because mm-hmm. my instinct was to was to just get the drums hitting hot yeah. and heavy and really moving forward. And the more I started doing that, the message and the lyric got completely swallowed up. So I think the, there was a happy medium of let's imply this groove, but not yeah. completely lean into it. So it's an interesting one for me because like, when I listen to it, like the song kind of fights itself a little bit. The groove and the energy of it wants to constantly lift up and take off. Um, but the vocal like never lets it. It's a That's, strange uh, conflict. Yeah, well, it's kind of like what you're saying at the beginning, having that, obviously, trying to find that blend for you as a musician, obviously, with your vocals and the guitar, and then matching that with this, like, synthy kind of, like you said, feel mm. to it. And I think with this song, it, it yeah, like with the whole album. Um, and there's piano as well on that song, isn't there? Yeah, there's there's uh, that that piano. Yep. That piano gets featured a fair bit. And talking of traveling, any other particular, obviously, this is LA in the light where you wanted to get home, but anywhere else you've been traveling, which have been some of your highlights from, because you've been all across the world, really. I mean, I love the States and, you know, and I love, I love LA as well. It's a great, it's a great place to be. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, Nashville is, is very, very close to my heart. Um, Mm -hmm. I got a lot of friends there. I've worked in Nashville pretty consistently for, probably the last the last decade or more um so it in a lot of ways feels like a weird second home um and another place that kind of it, it pulls on me in all the right ways is is germany i love yeah. love going to germany um, nice. i love the german german culture german german food and the german uh, demeanor also you know there's a mm-hmm. there's a bit of a there's a bit of a standoffish thing which lasts for somewhere between an hour two hours and once that fades away it's like you know friends for life it's, what's uh, the name of their pints what's it called with the pint glass it's oh cheap. the big uh, the big steiners yes yeah, steiner that's it well yeah. i've never been but um you're selling it yeah hi- highly recommend it because i found heaven in your eyes my kind of Moving on to the ninth song on the album, Right About Ready, which for anyone that is feeling like a little bit low, unmotivated, this, it really is a song. It's so passionate and inspiring. And um, what was your inspiration behind writing this song? It was uh, essentially a conversation that I'd had with my wife. I was out in Nashville, kind of feeling feeling a little burned out, doing a lot of co-writing and, and getting, getting a little frustrated uh, creatively. And wanting to to try to work out how to turn that that side of my head off, 
and to, and make a make a record that was that was just for me. And we were talking about that, and we were starting to obviously feel the the strain with the distance and not being around the kids as much as I needed to be. So there was all that kind of stuff in play. We were on the phone. It was um, a long conversation, five thousand miles apart, and it wasn't the first time we we talked about about this either. But it kind of came to a head, and it was like, all right, let, let's do it. Let's let's just change things up. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out a new a new way to do this. Let's let's just throw some stuff at the wall and see what comes back. I'm ready to I'm ready to shed a lot of the skin. I love the lyric, a little chaos to kick the dust up in my mind. So mm. good. <laughs> Thank oh, you. In the, in the timeline of the album, what point did that song come in? Was that towards the end of the album, beginning of the album? It was probably somewhere around the middle. That, that was a song I feel like I wrote like a hundred times, you know, yeah. because the, the, the conversation just like it permeated me um, and I, I wanted to keep talking about it. I, I was excited to do something different, to get new plans in place. So, like versions of that song, which are completely different, were, were probably written. I mean, at least fifteen times. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I'm not sure which which version that the, the final one is, but um, it was probably around the middle of the process. And you mentioned co-writing. How is it going from obviously doing a lot of co-writing to then doing writing on your own? Do they both have their like challenges and things within themselves? Yeah, they're they're different, and every every co-writes different. I love co-writing. There's, I love sitting down and bouncing ideas off someone and hearing their their ideas on the big themes of life. You know, we're yeah. all talk, we're all talking the same stuff. We're all talking love, hope, uh, death, future, mm-hmm. past, present, friendship. It's all the big themes of life, and everybody has their has their own individual ideas and notions on those things. So it's always uh, it's always really interesting. And as well as that, sitting down with like season writers who are just they're beating that pavement every day and they've been doing so for you know 30 40 years they got a lot of great advice great tricks and stuff that you just don't think of um so yeah um, get getting the getting an insight into into their craft is always mm-hmm. like oh okay the game has changed again you know all right i gotta remember that mm-hmm. um writing writing on my own there's some of those internal internal voices that um, I try to kind of shut off a little bit. You know, you have the, the publisher's voice saying, well, we got to get to the chorus um, in under a minute. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's cut the verse in half. All right. This needs to go up in tempo. All right. You know, that's not, you know, there's all those little kind of uh, those mm-hmm. questions that are floating in. And, and I try to at least write without that in my head. And then once something's done and once I'm, I'm feeling good about it, I'm more comfortable letting those voices come in to try to refine something. Well, talking of great lyrics, uh, the final song on the album, Prisoner of My Past, which is such a beautiful, atmospheric um, song to finish off the album. Why did you choose this one to finish off the album with? You know, I think because it, it's the song is just more about um, an acceptance. 
you know, as opposed to this, you know, triumphant high note at the end of th- these pretty emotional songs that mm-hmm. that pull on a lot of feelings from the past and um, present and and what I hope to see and feel in the future. Um, and I just I like the idea of just finishing on on a note of um, yeah acceptance. I love the vocal effects. I mean, there's probably a sound like a, a term to it, but you know when you mm. kind of like vibrate or like shake your voice a little bit. Um, what mm. point did you realise you wanted to do that? I uh, I wanted to mess around with it um, because that, the song is, you know, it's a it's, it's essentially just it's a it's a a guitar part, mm. kind of a, a rolling uh, banjo part playing on it, and then that's fed in through a couple of amplifiers and treated with some some crazy reverbs and stuff. And with the vocal, I was like, okay, well, let's, I wanted to try to take the vocal to a different place sonically in the way that the guitar was treated. And I didn't necessarily want to just do it with with reverb or or delays. So I started experimenting with like phasers and flangers and tremolos, which would normally be reserved for guitars and and, and other, uh, other instruments. I thought, well, let's, let's try some, some of that stuff in the vocal and, see if it completely gets in the way or if it adds something to it. And I think it, I think it, it, it it's jarring in, in a good way at mm-hmm. times. Um, I hope it is. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's something really stood out for me on that song, I think, because just with the, the music in the background and ju- yeah, just the whole thing together, it's um, I, yeah, just really stood out. So it interested awesome. me a lot. Well, some final questions, kind of quick fire. We might have answered some of these already. Uh, which song came together the quickest and which took the longest? Okay, uh, longest, I'll start there. That was uh, definitely Sorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, quickest, uh, Animal. Yeah. Do you have um, yeah. a favourite uh, song off the album? At the moment, um, because I'm rehearsing these and I'm kind of going through them and, and revisiting them again in a, in a new light, Look back, smiling. Mm-hmm. It's, it's still standing out for me. Do you have a favourite lyric? Mm, I'm not sure. Do you know? Two, two as, as, from. as you said, uh, you said one back there from from sorrow. Oh, when um, the waves get said, rough. Yeah, when the waves get rough and it's hard on my, I still go under from time to time. Yeah, it's interesting hearing somebody else speak your lyrics yeah. back to you. And I was like, oh, that's a, that sounds really good. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. That does sound pretty good. <laughs> Um, do what song are you most looking forward to playing live, or have you managed to play many of these songs live yet? No, uh-uh, there's uh-huh. been very, there's been very little of that. I'm heading off here um, for the entire month of May with uh, Lee Rogers and Foy Vance, and I'm Wicked. really looking forward to getting up on stage and trying these out. Because normally it's the other way around. You know, you try mm-hmm. these songs out live and you figure them out on stage, and then you go away and you you, you cook up a record. And this has been done you know yeah the they'll run. so any particular so, that you're really looking forward to playing live or um i think uh i think animal is going to be a blast mm. live we're, we're starting to work some of that stuff out and, um and translating it on the on the piano mm-hmm. and i'm a very i'm a very frustrated piano player i'm not um accomplished in the in the slightest but i love it it's a challenge 
so pulling the you know the low end uh, Juno uh, synthesizer line and going, all right, let's let's figure out what that's going to be like. And and honestly, it sounded more like it did when I sat at the piano and wrote it. I'm like, oh, I re- I remember this. <laughs> okay, no. all right. Um, so I think that'll be a that'll be a blast at uh, pulling some of these songs back to their birth. Amazing. Well, so to finish, I normally do a game called What's the Occasion? I give you three different occasions and you've got to pick three different songs off the album for the occasion. So we've got a wedding, a dinner Mm. party and oh, a car road trip. So we're kind of talking about cars. So yeah, so wedding. Wedding. Wow. Do you know what? Maybe my kind of paradise. I did think that. Yeah. Might be like, you know, they're getting ready to to go on a honeymoon it's mm-hmm. like you know what this will this will be lovely but you know really we don't we don't need all that yeah i yeah. i jotted that one down i thought that'd be a good one for a wedding mm. dinner party so you got friends around pretty chilled maybe like a conversation starter ah okay maybe humans you know Ooh, a room yeah. room full of humans uh mm-hmm. and it's kind of chilled it's got a it's, it's got a slow tempo it shouldn't be too intrusive. Yeah, that's true. Don't want to, something too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually. Um, and car road trip. Ah, I've gone for quite an obvious I mean, one. Wow. Well. I mean, yeah, I would. I mean, the yeah, headlights probably, but do you know what? I would actually go with old friends because if nice. you're if you're in a car and you're driving, you're going to be blasting some tunes and making memories. Billy Connolly, so. yeah. Billy, of course. <laughs> Everyone's go-to road trip song now you've mentioned that. That's it, well, yeah. Great choices, very good choices. Um, well, thank you so much. She said, so the future, so May, you've got the tour on tour with Foy. And is it Lee Rogers, you say? Lee Rogers, yeah. Another great local um, artist. The Check three of you, that'll be very fun. Whereabouts is that all America? Yeah. Well, not all America, but you know what I mean? That's all America in May. All of America in May. Yeah, we start we start up north, make our way down the east coast, um, and then find ourselves somewhere in the middle, and then head over uh, west coast. We do uh, Oregon and Portland, and, and head down, uh, finish up in Los Angeles. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. I've always been a huge fan, and it's yeah, a real privilege being able to, to talk about your songs. And oh, just... uh, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. Well, no, congrats on the album. It's, it's brilliant. So, um, yeah, thank you thank so you. much, Gareth. Thank you very much.